welcome back to the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. I'm Ed and I'm joined today by Claire. Hiya! By Emily. Hello! Uh, by Nick. Hello! And by Paul. Hi! If you are enjoying listening to our Some Sort of Miracle podcast, we would love you to join our listener group that can be found on SSOM Listener Group over on Facebook. And we wanted to say a special welcome to you cheeky new listeners that are out there. We're very pleased that you've chosen to listen to our podcast. Please do pop over to the Facebook page, join our listener group and um, comment uh, comment to us with any kind of suggestions or comments or complaints even that you've got about our podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Emily. So today's episode is a really exciting one uh, because we're kicking off a new six-part mini-series, which I think is the longest mini-series we've ever done. I think we did four-part at Christmas, but yeah, six-part trumps that. Um, So you may have seen over the past few weeks that we've been sharing around a survey that asks some questions about kind of what what people think about Christianity, about faith, about church, and about us as Christians. Um, and we had really we'd originally planned to do just one or two episodes kind of off the back of this survey, reading through the responses. But we were just so blown away by the number and by some of the insights and wisdom in these responses that we thought, actually, we need to commit, commit a bit more to it and actually go through some of the themes that come up and really unpack um, some of the topics. So, yeah, this, this is the first episode of that series where we're going to be going through that. In this episode, we're going to be covering the first few questions on the survey, which revolve mainly around whether people believe in God, whether they've had a spiritual experience, and what they think about Jesus. So, to kick it off, we're going to ask, do you have any weird superstitions to the group? Yes. You do? <laughs> so wow. Quite an idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the thing is, I know that it makes no impact on anything, but particularly when it comes, like this time it... Uh, year when we've got the the euros that have um that are on uh, when england are playing if we get a good result of wear the same shirt for the next game and the next game and the next game if i'm playing football on the uh on the saturday i'll clean my boots on a friday night even if they don't need cleaning just so they're ready for the saturday so i i I think it's just probably just a way of settling my mind more than anything because i get very excited and very invested in what's going on i think it's just a way to but yeah um, it seems some kind of paradox that i know it's not going to make any effect but i still kind of have to do it anyway it's more like a tradition than a superstition i guess then if it's just sort of like a routine you you have for yourself but i think i'd be i'd be unsettled if i didn't do it though so i think there's a little more to it than yeah yeah it it just won't sit right that in the back of mind i think i didn't clean my boots last night or it probably yeah I know, I know it's quite um, quite prevalent in um, in football as well. Reading that like Harry Kane puts his shin pads on the same order and then his boots and then you know, like his shirt and his shorts. So like, it's, I think it's quite a. I don't, it must be something to do with just settling your mind before a game or. Yeah. yeah, I think like Nadal with his when he's about to serve as well, all the little things he does um, with his face and his hands. <laughs> Golfers as well are really superstitious out of the same like for swings and things yeah. like that. So my superstitions are clearly that much ingrained that I can't think of any, but I did have a quick Google (laughs) in terms of strange superstitions across the world. And in Iceland, you're not allowed to knit outside because it can prolong winter. And you don't want that. Wow. Yeah. So all knitting (laughs) inside. (laughs) Wow. Crucial crucial thing there. I bet there's a great story for why 
Yeah. <laughs> Paul, have you got any? How, uh, as standard, as Claire did, straight on Google. Um, I, I don't think I've got any. I do. I tend to wear a Man United shirt when I'm about to watch Man United, but I, I'm not sure if that's just tradition rather than um, thinking that we're going to lose if I don't. But I do always try my best to be wearing a shirt before <laughs> before I watch United. Um, the one I was thinking about that made that the one that it made me think about was the number thirteen, and how it's like a, an unlucky number in like in in British culture at least. Like to the point where in a lot of hotels we don't have yeah. room number thirteen or seat number thirteen at like football stadium sometimes. Like it's such a weird thing because there's still a thirteenth room. It's just it's number fourteen now. So it doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> don't say that to the stupid superstitious people. Uh, yeah. Shattering their illusions. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's it's such a strange thing that people are so afraid of that they won't even get a hotel room thirteen. Or fly. So it's the cheapest day to fly on. Oh. Because people don't book it. That's good to remember. <laughs> you want a bargain. Yeah. Especially if it's Friday. Friday yeah. the 13th, specifically. Absolutely. Be on your own. Yeah. I, I can't think of any superstitions that I've got, but I can think of lots of kind of like habits that I I would be unsettled if I did it a different way. And the one that comes to mind is making a cup of tea. Like I do it in a very particular order and I believe that it tastes worse if I did it in a different way, even though I'm not sure there's much evidence to support that. Is that a superstition? <laughs> or is that good tea making? I think that's the question. Maybe. I don't know. I I guess we need to do a scientific study yeah. to figure that out. Is that the only decision? You're trying to get us to make a cup of tea. <laughs> I think, yeah, you all need to make me a cup of tea using different methods and we'll find out. <laughs> Emily, have you got a superstition? You know, I don't have any. I don't have any superstitions. Why am I finding that hard to say? <laughs> um, I don't have any superstitions, but every time I hear superstitions, obviously it makes me think of Stevie Wonder's song. Yeah. And um, that makes me throw back to when I was a teenager and I used to go to dance classes, and our male teacher used to wear velvet trousers, and every dance lesson he would make us warm up to superstition. And it was just like really weird. Like when you're a teenager and your dance teacher's in front of you, like lunging in velvet trousers, and that's his only go to track. I can't ever hear superstition without picturing him. Okay. So he's out there and he's listening to this. Yeah. You, know, you impacted a young teenage girl <laughs> in the future. That's the only thing I can contribute to this icebreaker. <laughs> I'm sorry if I've ruined that song for everyone. It's a great song, that. You ruined it for me, wow. so yeah. that so no one else can have it. <laughs> no one else can have it. I can't even imagine velvet trousers. Um, that doesn't sound good. Is it bad that I want some? <laughs> I think so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is bad, but I would expect nothing less. <laughs> it sounds comfy to me. So as we were looking at the survey, one of the first questions, the first question you had to answer was, "Do you identify as a Christian?" And nearly 60% said yes, nearly 40% said no, and there were a few people in between who weren't sure. But my question is, what does it even mean to identify as a Christian? So what do you guys think it means to identify as a Christian? It's a big question, I recognise that, but we oh, all have had yeah. our own interpretation. Yeah, it is a big question. A lot of 
sort of cultural references that people might maybe answer it a bit differently. I think, you know, people fill in a form on a census, for example. Um, they, they're probably people ticking Christian that have never been to church apart from Sunday school 30, 40 years ago. Um, and then some people that are probably potentially regular churchgoers that, that wouldn't call themselves a Christian, maybe. Mm. So there is a bit of a spectrum there. I had a little look, Googling again, and looking at the definition. And the Oxford Dictionary talks about kind of there's the two ideas. A Christian is either someone who's been baptised as a Christian or someone who follows Christianity. So it's right. made me think about in terms of is Christian something that you've done or do or is it something you believe? And on the survey, it came up that um, there were seven people who identified as Christian but weren't sure they believed in God. So perhaps for them, believing in God isn't a necessity to be in a Christian. Mm. Do we think, what do we think about that? Yeah, it's a hard one. I, I, have a, I had a few mates at uni who, like, when I kind of told them that I was a Christian and um, that they kind of said, oh, yeah, we are too. We're, we're baptised at birth. And uh, I, I, I took that at face value, I guess, in the sense that I thought, oh, yeah, they, they are kind of... You know, um, Christian and practicing in the way that I guess in the way that I do but it turned out that they weren't at all but they just identified that way because that's that's I guess they felt that was part of their identity um so I don't I don't I I don't think we could I'm in a position where I'd be one of, I'd want to say well you you're not a Christian or I'd want to kind of um tell someone whether or not they should identify as a Christian but for me it's it's got to be about following Jesus, isn't it? That's like that's got to be the crux of it. I don't know. Difficult, isn't it? I think if you deconstruct the word, yeah, there's a, there's an element of um, of kind of inheritance as well, isn't there? With that, you know, if you were if you're born into a Christian family, or if you're born into and, and were baptized, you kind of just inherit that title almost. I guess like being, you know, being born in England, England, you you can identify as being English but if you then grew up in Spain for you know for 50 years and, and you're only ever in England for two weeks you'd probably identify as being Spanish so I guess there's, there's a quite a there's a nuance there where people make that decision for themselves for me when, when someone says what does it mean to be a Christian I'm with you Ed I'd, I'd say it means following the teachings of Jesus uh, believing in God but I'm aware that that's probably just my interpretation of it, and and I'm not sure there is a a nailed down interpretation that that everyone could probably agree on. It's it's got to be that and something else. If there are seven people who would say that they're not sure if they believe in God, but identify as a Christian, so there must be some. I guess we all come at it from the same angle, which is why it might be difficult for us to think outside of that, um, because we've yeah we're kind of all on the same page with I assume so anyway sorry I don't want to speak for anybody else but <laughs> what that means to be a Christian it's yeah it's difficult I was speaking to a friend the other day and she's got a little baby and she was talking about whether to have him uh, christened in the Catholic Church and in terms of making that decision for him but then she said I want him to be able to make his own decision later as if if you get them if you get a child baptized they then don't have that freedom to make that decision later whilst I, I guess many of us would believe that you make that choice continuously rather than it's a choice your parents make for you. Mm. It's the, that, the whole 
I'm really fascinated with the whole label of like Christian, the word itself, because a lot of times it, when it's, um, I, mean, I think even just reading through some of the results of the survey, it can be quite a negative term. Like Christian is kind of built up on old fashioned values or, you know, not really, or the, sort of the denial of science and all, all these kind of things that are perhaps, um, people have arrived at those conclusions perhaps through exposure to to people who would say that they they are christian and and perhaps do you know both of those things but so so it's 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 a really individual in um sort of interpretation isn't it as to what that word actually means i, I, I listened to another podcast um just a group of guys who are quite out there thinking in regards to um to faith and, and ideas and, and one of them says he he doesn't call himself a Christian because of the, that negative connotation but he'll say that he's he, when someone asks him he'll say that I'm a follower of the way that's how he interprets I might mention this before in one of the previous episodes but I quite like that um, but he says he'll always have to follow it up with which means I do kind of follow traditional Christian values which are, and it gives an opportunity to explain what that means rather than just saying, yeah, I'm a Christian. And that's not, if I say, yeah, I'm a Christian to someone who's just, who thinks that, you know, if, if you were baptised at birth, then, then you're a Christian. They're thinking that means something different to what I'm thinking. So I guess that gives a separation to be able to say, that's what this means. Um, it's hard. It's really hard. I've turned myself around in not thinking about this. I think it's worth pointing out as well. The, the seven people on our survey that said they identify as a Christian, um, they said they weren't sure if they believed in God. And I kind of totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes as, as Christians, we, we, we make doubt the enemy and we make kind of uncertainty and mystery the enemy. And, say, and I think like I, I saw a prayer go up on Facebook. Someone shared on like a pretty picture saying, um, get rid of all all my doubt and all of the, all my questions, and I thought I, I never really want to get rid of all of that because, like, I'm not sure certainty is any closer to real faith than doubt is. Um, if that makes sense, yeah. I don't know. It. I think some sometimes we need to have room for us to ask questions and say, you know what, today I'm just I'm just not sure. Uh, I think you know you read the Psalms, you read huge parts of the Bible. People are doing that all the time. Like God, where are you? Or like, yeah, like. Those are the questions that people threw out, and that's that's real human experience, isn't it? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we sanitize that too much and try and make it look like we never have any. Well, I guess some people never have any doubts about God. I, I certainly do, but <laughs> that, but you guess what? It depends what day you ask someone as well. Like you yeah. know, that those responses, they can come on days where faith can be really challenging, as you said. Like there are some days where it's harder than others, and. And I think I think sometimes when, like this weekend, the, the sun's been shining. England have won. It's been a, it's been a beautiful weekend <laughs> for me. Like I find very easy to count my blessings. But then that was yeah. Sunday, sorry. But then if it got to the day before and everything that happened um, there with with one of the Danish players with Christian Eriksen, mm. suddenly then that's a hard. But one thing that I saw come out of that was people, broadcasters, just seeking prayer. Please, you know, pray for the situation yeah. if you're a praying person people that maybe don't identify as a Christian or identify or even say that they believe in God, just saying, you know, if you do, then please do something about it. I think that was really, that was quite a powerful 
moment in my understanding it ties really nicely into the, this conversation that we're having that you know outside of what we might particularly say that we believe we can ask people from other experiences to you know to to input into our lives whether that's whether we agree with them or not yeah I think what um like what Ed was saying before about um you know the absence of doubt or certainty not being any close to faith it resonates particularly I just it made me think of how do we grow into spiritual maturity without asking questions and without doubt and you know as as Christians we believe don't we that we are we are trying over our lifetime to grow into spiritual maturity and I think we can only do that really with grappling with those difficult questions and um, otherwise if we just accept um god as real on the surface level we're never trying to um set our roots into something deep i think it becomes just a shallow acceptance of something um for me yeah no absolutely emily and as i look back on my life 10 years ago i was more convinced about what i believe than i ever am now and yet i feel my spiritual journey is deeper and more rooted than it was but with conviction I cannot just dictate what I believe in the words that it said but actually it is that grappling and that journey and that exploration that perhaps when we identify as Christians when we invest perhaps in discovering that that we discover more of what it is to be a Christian in one way I think most of the podcasts that we've done have involved us not knowing any of the answers to the questions we're asking but I definitely feel closer to uh, an answer I'm happy with by the end of some of our discussions at least I suppose that leads us quite nicely on to the next question does it so my question was um, was there a particular part in your life or a particular period or even a particular experience where you realised that you identified as a Christian and that that was something that you were wearing that identity um, yeah was there a particular moment for any of you Definitely was for me. Yeah, I think yeah, I was um, sixteen. I had a really like strong experience of God, like a really powerful spiritual experience, and that for me was enough to to put put me into a place where I could think a little bit more about all these things that I'd grown up around. Um, grown up in church for all about all those sixteen years prior to that was surrounded by church and you know being there on a Sunday part of the, the uh, musical sections and all those kind of things at, at church but without any real I knew the you know the stories and the and the bits in the bible and all the bits that you'd taught as a as a younger person but I never really had any experience of what that was until that moment and at that moment I thought well that, yeah this is this is true this is I think this is what I believe and then that was the starting point for my journey I think I would said from that point I was I would have said I was a Christian and I did say I was a Christian yeah even to sort of friends and family and things to from that point onwards so yeah I, I know that that's quite it's not always the case for a lot of people and some people kind of it's almost like by osmosis that it's just soak up around Christianity but for me there was a real like defining moment. I can remember a number of events or a number of kind of moments in my life where faith became very real to me and became my own but I never I don't think the language I had around that was ever that I had become a Christian I think for me growing up at 
in a Christian household and um, going to church every Sunday, Christ, being a Christian was, it always just felt like who, who I was rather than a particular thing that I decided at some point to subscribe to. But actually, when I talk about my faith and my relationship with Jesus, that was something that I, I kind of have some pivotal moments in. And I don't know why I separate those two, just hearing myself um, talk back on this. But that's kind of interesting that actually I think I experienced Christianity as a as a, as a kind of community. And that was my language around that long before I experienced it as a as a, a real relationship. Um, and I guess maybe that's that's some of the distinction that um, that um, people in the survey were picking up on when they said that they identified as a Christian, but they weren't sure if they believed in God. I'm similar to Ed's on that one in terms of growing up in a in a Christian family. And I remember when I applied um, to be a Salvation Army officer, a minister in the Salvation Army, on the form at that point, there was a question, which was date of conversion. And I, had, <laughs> I, I didn't write anything because for me, I, I can't mark that day, which was that day of conversion when I specifically encountered Christ or turned to Christ or whatever it was. But equally, like in my teenage years, it was a growing understanding perhaps of, of who Jesus was, but also of who he wanted me to be, perhaps, and getting involved in touch yeah. with methods and that side of stuff. Well, yeah, whilst I definitely can't say nope, and then yes, or either way around. So, yeah, so I'm not sure. There's a great quote. Um, I think it was Karl Barth, um, a theologian, who was once asked, when were you saved? At what point in your life were you saved? And he responded, 2,000 years ago on a cross. <laughs> and I think that whenever I hear that question, I think, oh, that's just like such a, an uppity answer now, isn't it? <laughs> I think the question is, I think there's a couple of things that are sprung to my mind. I think the first thing is that identity is so multifaceted that it's very interesting that, I think Christianity, when you've grown up in faith, we're always taught that Christianity is something that we should wear, we should um, wear it, we should not um, hide our light under a bucket. And I think that sometimes actually that can feel quite shameful as a teenager if not everybody knows that you're a Christian. And yet there are other parts of our identity that we wouldn't necessarily shout about, that we wouldn't necessarily wear in that label. And so I think it I think it's it's the first thing to say is that identity is multifaceted. And I think for me personally, I really struggled to say and to own the fact at university that I was a Christian. And for me, returning to faith was a very gradual, like you guys, it was a very gradual journey. And I think sometimes growing up, we've been missold the idea of Christianity as this conversion moment, haven't we? Of, um, oh, my life was so difficult. And you hear amazing testimonies of life was so difficult. And then I became a Christian and my life changed. And that can be really alienating for people, I think, that haven't had those same experiences. And the way that we tell our stories, sometimes I think we think it's more powerful to tell it in a way that is before I was this and then I was changed. When the fact of the matter is, that really isn't the case, I would say, for the majority of Christians who have been on this very gradual journey. And the reason that I found it so hard for me personally at uni to say that um, I was a Christian was because I had friends that um, knew the ways that I behaved, they knew the humour that I was into, they knew all kinds of things that deep down in the depths of me I knew didn't sit comfortably with who I was 
And the reason it was so difficult to say I'm a Christian is because I knew that I needed to make some changes in my life. And I don't mean like changing to live by Christian rules. I mean that I knew I wasn't fully happy. I knew I wasn't fully living. Um, but to say I am a Christian comes with all kinds of, I think, anxiety, doesn't it, about what other people think and what their perceptions of that mean mm. and how they then expect us to go and behave. Mm. There's a lot in that, yeah. I, I, I agree. I think I came probably from the other side, like at university, like the, I found it easiest to be a Christian because I knew my friends would keep me to account almost. If I if I went hard, like straight away and said, yeah, this is what I believe, this is who I am, then, and I remember a really specific moment of, of being at university and, and we're talking just in the, in the student union and, and someone was saying that someone who, you know, also professed to be a Christian and someone just fired across the table who wasn't a Christian and, and wouldn't, wouldn't even, um, yeah, even claim to be anywhere near a Christian and said, yeah, but they're not a proper Christian, are they? We're just talking, talking about somebody else. And I thought, wow, that's re that really like, impacted me. I, I really remember that moment thinking, well, I'm, sometimes I, I don't feel like a proper Christian, do you know? Sometimes the, the things that, that I think similar to you, Emily, like the things that I'm thinking or doing or behaving perhaps doesn't doesn't sit right with, with me, but it was really interesting to see other people's perception of that. And it was quite... From that point, I was like, "Well, I've I've really got to be careful now because because that's other people's perception." And I kind of put it on myself that you know I've got to behave a certain way. And it was helpful for me actually, to be honest, because it, it kind of kept me on. I could have I could have gone a long way off the rails, but I think it kind of kept me on on the right path. I think God was definitely speaking in that moment to kind of keep me from going haywire. But um, but I, I, yeah, just it, that anxiety. I think you said was probably. A good way of putting it you know that that suddenly then that becomes meaningful because people are looking at how i'm behaving and and i kind of put that on myself and i don't think uh, looking back i don't think i probably should have done that I, th I think now i'm so much more accepting that yeah that 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 word what it means to be a christian is so different for so many different people and that there's not it's not a measuring stick to say you're a christian this is how this is you know, this is how what we're going to measure you by. That doesn't change. That like it doesn't devalue who you are, or anything like that. If you know the times that we fall short, so that yeah, that was a really powerful moment in kind of two ways, in a positive way and a negative way for me. So, um, so yeah, I can definitely um, identify with what you're saying, Emily. Go on, Paul. Um, yeah, I I would identify with that as as well, Nick. Um, I remember actually when I was at uni, people were just fine with me being a Christian, and it wasn't even really questioned. Um, but as soon as I told them that I don't drink, everyone's like, whoa, what's going on? That Are you insane? Um, and I found that like a re in, in a lot of ways a, a challenge because they were just like, there was no questions about being a Christian. And none of my friends at uni were Christians. Um, but as soon as I didn't drink, like clearly my actions were being judged a lot more than my thought process or anything. Um, and I guess at, at that point, I was thinking more about how people identified me as a Christian and what, what that meant to them. Um, for me, I've always identified as a Christian, like, um, like Ed and Claire have both said, growing up as, um, as a Christian in a Christian family, I think that it's it. And, and like Emily said, it's a gradual sort of process. And I don't remember a particular time where I decided that I was a Christian, but looking back and I can see times where people realized that I was a Christian 
and identified that sometimes in action, sometimes in me telling them or them asking, well, what are you doing on a Sunday? Why, why are you coming? Why are you coming out? Um, coming out with us on a like on a Saturday night or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think the, my actions identified me as a Christian a lot more than maybe my thought process or my beliefs. I think the thing that Nick has said about the measuring stick is really great as well, because I don't know about you guys, but I found that that actually can quite often come from Christians um, as well. So when I went to university, I tried to go to the Christian Union and um, my experience of the Christian Union when I went in and sort of sat in a room with all these people at York Union was I sat next to this girl and like we just got talking and she just said to me, isn't God just so faithful and just so good? And I was just sat there thinking, I don't really know. And I actually don't really know that I believe in God. And, you know, at that point on my journey, um, I was so, I felt so threatened by that statement from another Christian that I never went back to the Christian union because what I really just needed was somebody to just meet me where I was at and just, you know, I didn't really know who I was at that point. And I, and I do think I then I then looked at those people and was like, maybe I'm not the kind of Christian that's going to fit into this Christian union. And, and you know, that stopped me going. And fortunately, my my journey ended up being, you know, I, I found a church and um, and I was really like welcomed in. And it was a journey that I went on from there. But I do think that the way that we speak as Christians can, can put people off, can't it? And I guess it comes down to the authenticity, Emily, as you're saying, in terms of you, where you're at and where they're at or where they were saying they were at. And actually, it's when we can have those honest relationships with people and recognise that we don't have to have it all sorted. We can still have those questions and those doubts. But that is also what it means yeah. to be a Christian. But it's hard, it's hard sometimes to, when, when you have that fear in terms of what other people's expectations are, then we do want to measure up to whatever it is, perhaps. Yeah, I I think a lot about what what am I communicating when I tell someone I'm a Christian, and I think that language is so loaded now. And I I remember I, I've got a friend who I hadn't seen for a few years. He was a friend from school, and he had uh, got a new girlfriend. I met his his new girlfriend, and um, she came up to me and said, "Oh, I've heard about you. You're the Christian. Don't worry, I've been told you're not one of the crazy ones." And I thought, okay, this is interesting. He's, he's clearly said, Ed's a Christian, and then felt the need to caveat that with some stuff. So what what then is the general perception of, of a Christian? And, you know, it, it gets me wondering, will we ever reach a point where we actually have to say, you know, I'm going to have to stop identifying as a Christian if I want to communicate effectively that I'm a follower of Jesus? Because for some people... Christians are the people that hate and judge and oppress others and that's their perception of Christians you know I, I guess I, I'm saying do you think that the term Christian is redeemable <laughs> it's, it's hard I don't I think it's it's a long way got that words get entrenched don't they yeah. language gets and it sticks um I'd like to think that the church in the coming years will be so revolutionary that it won't that you can't possibly not change. I like to think that. I hope that. So I'm going to say yes, even though I don't believe it. <laughs> I think 
worth saying that in the survey that we're going to discuss on another episode, the when people were given one opportunity to speak about Christianity, a lot of it yeah. was overwhelmingly positive. And so I think that some of this negativity about the word of it is coming from within, to be honest. Yeah, I think, fair. yeah... Yeah, no. True, but I think there's a lot less ambiguity. It's either it's positive or it's really negative. Like there's not there's not much in the middle. There's not much to say. Nah, not really bothered either way. So I think you're probably right. I think we you always pick up on the neg- it's human nature and you pick up on the negative rather than the positive. Um, I think for some people the term Christianity is unredeemable. I think in the way that, like you say, it's got it's got that negative connotation. And some people that have been hurt by the church and hurt by people who they identify as Christians. And from that point, I think for some people, that is a term that carries a lot of negative stigma. The media often drives a lot of the narrative as well, doesn't it? When you look at, like the, particularly like the Catholic Church gets a lot of stick from, you know, some individuals that have been really harmful for the for the whole organisation. So I guess for that to happen, it would take something within the media as well to pick up on all the good things that the church does rather than leathering it with all the bad stuff. Yeah. I think it's also probably a bit of a, a self-defense mechanism to divorce ourselves from the wider church by changing terminology. I'm not sure how helpful that is when we're actually communicating because yes, you know, there's a lot of terrible stuff that goes along with that term that has, has been done by the church. Um, but ultimately is it, is it more honest to just own that? and say you know i'm a christian and you know when you build that relationship you 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 say yeah the church has messed up <laughs> christians have messed up but actually the person we 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 follow jesus hasn't and i feel that actually was that we can do better in communicating what he had to say i think you're right ed yeah i think when you look at if you look at the when the media sticks something out about um a group of people, all English people are hooligans. Like it's, it's not. It's a, it's a small minority of people. It's and what it means to be English to me doesn't mean going chucking pl- plastic gardening furniture across, you know, across the street at another group of fans. It's, it's something else. I don't know what else it is, but it's something else. It's not that. Yeah, that was an interesting delay that we just had from Nick, wasn't it? Because it sounded like he was slurring his words. So we. If there's any shadow of a doubt there, it's the internet connectivity and not just Nicholas. Um, but I've, I just wrote a note to myself, though, that if I could send a message kind of out to people that aren't Christians, I've just written, like, Christian doesn't mean not human. And I remember having an amazing conversation with my friend who, she's not sure if she believes in God, but... I was talking to her about something that I felt I was letting myself down and um, and I cited my faith and said, you know, I, I think I even used it in a way that I was like, I'm supposed to be a Christian and blah, blah. And she said, yeah, but babes, we're all human. And I was just like, that is exactly what I needed to hear, that being a Christian does not mean not human and it doesn't mean that we think that we're better than everybody else. It, it just means that, yeah. like, thank goodness we've got Jesus to help and guide us. And I think that would be the thing that I want, I would want others to know that to be Christian doesn't mean to not be human. Okay, so my question is about um, spiritual experiences. That was question number three on our survey. Um, And we asked, uh, would you say that you've had a spiritual experience? 
we got some fairly mixed yes, no, and maybe, and they didn't particularly correlate with um, whether people believed um, in God or identified as a Christian. Um, so before I go into the stats, I just kind of think it'd be good to get an idea of what we think a spiritual experience is, mm. um, because there were some people who didn't identify as a Christian but did say they had a spiritual experience. Yeah, big question. Ah, uh, question. <laughs> Off you go. Yes. I asked that one, so I don't have to answer. Um, <laughs> so I, I think spiritual experiences can look like lots of things. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I've, I've had some of like really, really um, mundane spiritual experiences. <laughs> like there was one where I was just sat on a bus and uh, I was like reading something, and I just. Like what, whatever it was that I was reading, I think it was maybe in a podcast. I'm remembering it really well. But I remember just like looking out the window and having this just intense feeling of like, yeah, like God's here. And not really having much beyond that, but just being almost moved to tears by this really hard, hard to explain experience, which may be a bit of a, a theme amongst these that they're kind of quite a tangible thing at the time but really hard to verbalize and put into words but um yeah that for me those experiences are ultimately why i've why, why i have a faith i think that and like those experiences have led to me you know sticking to this church stuff and you know this this identity as a christian my thoughts just now are thinking about obviously over the past year many people haven't been able to gather for corporate worship if people who normally do and actually, I, I, in terms of the whole spiritual experience thing, some people kind of, kind of speak about it as whether it's that sort of emotional hype sometimes that can take place within that. And how do we define the difference mm. between that spiritual encounter and where is it sometimes where we get caught up in the atmosphere of what's going on? And I don't know, we could do a, another survey over the past year in terms of the number of how, how many spiritual experiences people have had perhaps where they've been at home worshipping rather than in a gathered environment and whether that makes any difference I mean I could be totally making that up uh, totally but I don't know whether that links in some way I was going to ask a similar thing Claire like how do you define emotional and spiritual experiences um what's something that springs to mind I remember having a conversation with a, a friend who um not a Christian just a big football fan um and went over to he called it a pilgrimage to start with, but to uh, to the Bernabeu to see Real Madrid um, playing the Clásico against against Barcelona, and he said the atmosphere there was unbelievable. He said I still get goosebumps now thinking about it, and it was he said it was a spiritual experience. Like those were the words that he used. It was a spiritual experience to be there. So that for me, like that, I'd not thought about that back until you just until you just mentioned it there. But it's like how. For him, that's obviously very like a very real something extra mm. is happening here. That's not just my emotions. What is it? Um, so yeah, I guess that throws in something else to the mix. That and I think that probably draws on your stats, Paul. If you know that we can not believe in God but still have a spiritual experience, even just you know if that's just at the football or on the bus, like you were saying, Ed, or you know wherever that is. Um, but trying to quantify what it is, um, I, I, I don't have any answers for that. 
This is, this is a great time where we can look back over the survey and think, I really wish we'd asked a follow-up question <laughs> yeah. on this, as we did with all of the questions. <laughs> yeah. be really, this is a great plug for the listener group. If anyone's listening that answered that question as, yes, I have, and you don't identify as a Christian, please tell us what that was. Yeah. Because that would be really interesting to know what that, to the, what those, um, what those are. Um, yes. I, I also struggled in thinking about sort of what a spiritual experience could be. And I think Nick, you said something that's a little bit sort of extra. It's a bit different to the norm. Um, and also Edward, you said about, um, you didn't really understand why or what was happening, but it, yeah. you just knew sort of, by instinct that it was a bit different yeah and i can relate to that a lot in how i see spiritual experiences and some of them have been like on top of a mountain like like nick said at the burnabout a really like emotional place some have just been you know in my seat at home on my sofa um and i wouldn't say any are less than the other and i think that's a a telling factor for me that it's something that's not just emotional hype I think it can be that, and I think that can sometimes contribute to it. But I think there are times when I've just felt something different that I can only explain by saying God's presence is there in a sort of a really tangible way. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that it's something outside of human experience that we can't necessarily easily explain. But I think that both what Paul and Nick have said about actually we don't have to separate emotional experiences from spiritual experiences. You know, when people say, oh, well, it's just emotion, it's just the atmosphere. Well, we believe in a God that is like completely whole. And so why do we feel that we need to argue away a spiritual experience by saying it's to do with emotion? Because actually the emotional and the spiritual and the physical are all intertwined with each other I would say yeah it's interesting what you're saying about Emily I've come across a quote by some man whose name I can't pronounce but it says we are not human beings having a spiritual experience but are spiritual beings having a human yeah, experience like yeah. interesting yeah so in terms of that wholeness and perhaps yeah perhaps maybe with that emotion, with that spiritual stuff, maybe yeah, maybe you can't um, divide it in that I way. I guess then, like whether we believe in God or not, within that framework, you'd be saying that everyone, in some way, has like experiences, you know, a, a spirit, something spiritual in this world. Because, like, I, I guess you know, from the perspective of someone who believes in God and believes that God is is everywhere, um, then yeah, we, we should be seeing that that spirituality expressed in all sorts of ways, but. Yeah, I guess if you didn't believe God and you were believing God and you're approaching that, then you could very much just say, well, no, I I'm not accepting that quote. I'm not accepting that anything of this is anything beyond just chemicals, even in, in the brain. And I find that I find that a hard one to accept, especially when we talk about concepts of like love and um, happiness, joy. Are they just chemical rushes in our brain or and is it is it just that that they have no deeper meaning than than the biology of it? Um, I find that a hard one to to accept. And ultimately, the fact that we're spiritual beings is why we have so many expressions of faith in human. Mm. Why we have, you know, why we have Buddhism, why we have Islam, why we have Hindu his Hinduism. All of these different things are because we are spiritual beings, and we have looked and explored for an outlet for that. I think mm. it's really interesting as well that. I think it's close to, and forgive my mask, but close to 15% of people said maybe, which 
that that's quite a strong indicator is that uh yeah i'm i might have done or i haven't quite owned it as a spiritual experience but something extra has happened that i can't, can't quite put my finger on um i thought that was interesting if you roll those into uh into the yeses as well you probably end up with a even high percentage um which i haven't got the data for as we speak but um i think yeah i think that's quite telling from particularly if you have a look that that's a almost a straight mix between people who say yes they believe in god and no they don't i think that people are open to there being something else as an experience outside of emotion outside of the physical but they're just not quite sure what what it is i think we'll probably all fall into that to be honest as well like i think it's sometimes you can yeah. not quite put your finger on what it is that's going on but you know it's something did you have some stats paul to share with us um yeah so so to give a bit of context to it um as we've said there might be other reasons for that maybe we can talk about that as well but 61 percent um sorry 61 people identified as christian out of the 108 responses um 52 people had spiritual experiences and six of those weren't christian so that's about half isn't it the the 52 is that 52 percent or 52 Roughly, people yeah just 52 people so right. 52 people out of the um out of the hundred and it was actually 106 responses so it's almost exactly half mm. had spiritual experiences um and six of those weren't christian yeah that's interesting especially i guess christians who would say that they haven't had a spiritual experience i guess you almost want to bounce back the question of what what does christianity mean to, to you then like oh, what how what does what do you mean by identifying identifying as a, as a christian is it that sort of cultural um like inherited um identity or is it is is it kind of the i believe in god this is like a faith journey thing in which case you know what's your understanding of spiritual experience there i guess there's so many loaded words that you've kind of got to unpack before you get to the, the root of what people are actually talking about I wonder how many people think of spiritual experiences as things like ghosts, Ouija boards, like that kind of thing. Because um, I remember having a a conversation with a friend about Christianity and spirituality and him, him saying that for him, the phrase spirituality has more negative connotations than Christianity because it makes him think of um, like haunted houses and ghosts and Ouija boards and stuff. Mm. That's interesting. Was that person a Christian? Sorry. No, they weren't. They no. weren't a okay. Christian. Because I remember reading that in, uh, you know, I've read a few studies on Generation Z, a few books that have been written by Generation Z that say, basically claim that this generation are more open to spirituality than they are to Christianity. But um, so I thought that was interesting because I wonder what, when they're saying spirituality, how are they defining that? And mm. and, that is, and I think, you know, as we've said, spirituality is such a loaded term. For me, spirituality is a positive term, but for others, it may not be. And it's that thing again, that we've talked about of language is so loaded, isn't it? Mm. I wonder how many people have, had spiritual experiences that they don't want to call or that they don't want to associate with Christianity because of the negative sort of connotation we've put on that word as well. 
Yeah. I don't have an answer for that, just to clarify. <laughs> it's really interesting. I think there's a lot of um, um, comfort to be taken for a, a lot of people with these results of the this survey. And I think it's really important that we talk about them so that people can understand what other people are going through. Because I think if, if you'd put this survey in front of me five years ago, I'd have looked at it and said, well, how can that, like, it doesn't make any sense. These, like, some people are wrong here. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Whereas I think now being seen with that and seeing what people's experience is, it's very different for a lot of people. And a lot of people, I think, will probably struggle thinking, why Why do I think this? Why do I, you know, why am I, I've grown up in church, but I don't think I've had a spiritual experience. Like, why is it that everybody else has? Whereas actually what the data is saying is not everybody else has. Other people are in the same situation as well. So, I think it's probably quite a lot of comfort to be drawn f- for people within the results of these. And I'm really glad we can kind of at least thrash it through so that, that the people can understand that wherever you are on your journey, there was at least one other person, the same, at least one, and usually sort of six or seven. Um, and that's quite a small sample size as well. So uh, sort of quite a large sample size. So it's not like it's um, it's skewed by any of the, the statistics. So, um, yeah, I found, I found it really encouraging just to, challenge my own ideas but also to try and to understand a little bit more about wherever people are at hmm. yeah i think we said on one of the really early podcasts i don't know if it was even the title maybe that god exists in the gray hmm. yeah it's the first one miracles yeah. is it the first one um and i think it's really important to remember that we exist in the gray as well we're not black and white it's not in out it's not yes no it's most of the time somewhere in the middle and and that's all right yeah unless you're playing chess Yes. Mm-hmm. Then it gets confusing. Then it's mm. black and white, guys. Yeah. Well, if it's checkers, though, because that's black and red, isn't it? <laughs> it gets confused. So it's always black, but not necessarily, and a, another colour. Is that what we agree? Either on? way, grey is not involved in those <laughs> games. <so. laughs> Just to cover ourselves in case we get any complaints yes. that we've confused yeah. board games. So I think that's just about all we have time for for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, especially if this is kind of one of the first episodes you've listened to. We hope you enjoyed it and we'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So please do jump onto the listener group, which is over on Facebook. If you search SSOM listener group and you'll find it there. And Yeah, we'd love to carry on the conversation with you in that space. So until next time. Be well. Pause for effect. Be well. Love it. Textbook. <laughs>